Welcome to the ET Considers Everything podcast for Monday, December the 9th, 2019. On this edition, we'll be taking a look back at the VHSL High School Football semifinals from Regions 1, 2, and 3. We'll also be taking a look back at all six Tennessee High School Football State Championship games from over the weekend at Tennessee Tech. And likewise, we'll be taking a look back at the Kentucky High School Athletic Association Football State Championship games from the University of Kentucky in Lexington from this past weekend as well. Also be taking a look back at Conference Championship Weekend and College Football, the full slate of NFL action from Thursday and Sunday. I'll give you a preview of Monday Night Football tonight and much, much more. So without the, without further ado, let's go ahead and get going with this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. First off, I'd like to congratulate the Galax and Riverheads teams for advancing to the VHSL Region 1 State Championship game. Galax defeated uh, Patrick Henry by a score of 41 to 16. Patrick Henry was undefeated entering that game. Galax was 12 and 1 entering the game. So congratulations to Galax. They advance on to the Region 1 State Championship game. Likewise, Riverheads, they were 12 and 1 entering the game against number 1 Essex who was undefeated at 12 and 0. They pick up the victory by a final score of 41 to 7. So next week it will be Galax and Riverheads going at it for the Region 1 state championship. That game will be taking place at Salem City Stadium this upcoming Saturday afternoon at high noon. Region 2 state semifinal games from over the weekend. Number 3 seed Graham from Region D, who was 11-2, took on number 1 seed Appomattox, who was 12-1 from Region C. Appomattox defeated Graham by a final score of 34-14. This was the first time Graham was held under 20 points, I believe, all season. So a big-time accomplishment by the Appomattox Raiders as they move on to their fourth state championship game in their in five seasons, and they look to gain their fourth state, state championship in that time period as well. Graham was the defending state champions. As a result of this, they will be knocked out of the Region 2 playoffs in the state semifinals. Number one seed Stewart's Draft defeated number one seed Thomas Jefferson by a final score of 49-7. Stewart's Draft advances to the state championship once again. They'll be taking on Appomattox. Familiar foes here. I believe these two met for the state championship the first year Appomattox made it in 2015. So, a familiar foes going at it for this Region 2 state championship. Should be a lot of fun to see what unfolds there. Region 3 state semifinal games from this past weekend. Number 1 seed Lord Botetot from Region D, who was 13-0, took on number 1 seed Heritage Lentzberg, who was 12-1 from Region C. Lord Botetot picks up the victory in this game by a final score of 25-14. Very good game there between those two schools. Number one seed Goochland from Region B, they were 12-1. Took on the number one seed Hopewell, who's 13-0 from Region A. And Hopewell defeats Goochland in a very close game by a final score of 35-28. So it will be Hopewell and Lord Botetot taking on each other for the VHSL Region 3 state championship game. That game will be taking place at Lynchburg and the campus of Liberty University. That game will be taking place at noon. As you look back at the VHSL Region 1, Region 2, and Region 3 state semifinal games, let's go ahead and take a look at the Tennessee High School Football State Championship games from this past weekend. In 1A, 
Number one seed Greenback was 12 and 2. They took on number one seed Lake County, who is 13 and 1. Lake County picks up the victory in this one over Greenback by a final score of 38 to 23. 2A, number one seed Meeks County, 13 and 1, took on number one seed Peabody, who is 14 and 0. Peabody picks up the victory in this one by a final score of 28 to 14. 3A, number one seed Pearl Con, 14-0 versus number one seed Alcoa, who is 13-1. Alcoa continues their dominance of 3A as they defeat Pearl Con by a final score of 27-0. 4A, number one seed Elizabethan, 14-0, entering this game, was took on number one seed Springfield, who is 11-3. Elizabethan takes home their first state championship since 1938. They defeat Springfield by a final score of 30-6. to 5A, number two seed Knox Central took on number three seed Summit County. Both teams with identical 12-2 records. Knox Central defeating Summit County by a final score of 30-7. to 6A, state championship. Number one seed Maryville, 14-0 against number two seed Ravenwood, 13-1. These two teams have faced off against each other four times in the last 15 years for state titles. Maryville picks up the victory once again over Ravenwood, their third time out of four beating them, I believe, by a final score of 42-21. to So congratulations to Lake County out of 1A, Peabody out of 2A, Alcoa out of 3A, Elizabethan out of 4A, Knox Central out of 5A, and Maryville out of 6A, for winning their respective TWSAA high school football state championship games this past weekend from the campus of Tennessee Tech University in Cookville, Tennessee. Let's go ahead and take a look back at the Kentucky High School Athletic Association football state championship games. These games all took place at the University of Kentucky, Lexington, Kentucky, Kroger Field. Won a state championship game, Paintsville versus Pipeville. Pipeville picks up the victory in this one. They complete an undefeated regular season at 14-0. So they defeat Paintsville by a final score of 43 to nothing. 2A, Mayfield took on Somerset. Somerset defeated Mayfield by a final score of 35-31. to Somerset gets a last-second touchdown to propel themselves to the victory in this one. 3A state championship game, a matchup of heavyweights from that division. Bell County entering this game undefeated 14-0. Belfry entered the game 12-2. Belfry pulled the upset here over Bell County by a final score of 30-20. Belfry wins their fourth state championship over the past um, decade. So congratulations to them. They remain a dynasty over in 3A for their region. Boyle County took on Johnson Central. Johnson Central... Squeaks out a win here in this one. They defeat Boyle County by a final score of 23-21. to So as a result, four teams from our region brings home state championships from Region 1A through Region 4A. Those teams being Pipeville, Somerset, Belfry, and Johnson Central. Congratulations to all four of those. Of course, Paintsville and Bell County also made it to the state championship games. So six of the eight teams represented were from our region, so congratulations to those teams on a fantastic played season. I give them a lot of credit for hanging in there all year long and being the teams to beat in their respective region. 5A state championship, Covington Catholic took on Frederick Douglass. Covington Catholic 
picks up the victory in this one in a defensive slugfest by a final score of 14-7. to 6A state championship game, Mail County out of Louisville took on Trinity Christian Academy out of Louisville as well. Trinity Christian Academy defeating Mail County by a final score 28-6. So, congratulations to all the Kentucky High School Athletic Association state champions. 1A, Pikeville. 2A, Somerset. 3A, Belfry. 4A, Johnson Central. 5A, Covington Catholic. And 6A, Trinity Christian Academy. Take a look back at the NCAA Football Conference Championship Week from this past weekend. From Friday night, number five Utah took on number 13 Oregon. Number five Utah was 11 and 1. Number 13 Oregon was 10 and 2. You wouldn't know it in this game. Oregon defeats Utah by a final score of 37 to 15. So Oregon advances to the Rose Bowl, and Utah will be knocked out of the New Year's six games as a result of this. And tough result for Utah to take for sure. They've had a fantastic season. But they didn't come up strong at the end. They would have won this game. They would have been in the college football playoff top four and made the playoff. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Saturday in the Big 12 championship game at noon, it was number seven Baylor, who was 11-1, against number six Oklahoma, who was also 11-1. This game a rematch from their early November matchup when Oklahoma came back from a 28-3 deficit to defeat Baylor by a final score of 34-31. Oklahoma wins this one in similar fashion, although the first game didn't go to overtime. This one was more competitive. Oklahoma defeats Baylor by a final score of 30-23. to The Marathon MAC Championship game from Detroit, Miami of Ohio was 7-5 against Central Michigan, who was 8-4. Miami of Ohio picks up the win in this one by a final score of 28-21. Sunbelt Championship game was between Louisiana Lafayette, who was 10-2, and, and number 21, Appalachian State, who was 11-1. This game took place in Boone, North Carolina, at the, at the Rock. And Appalachian State defeats Louisiana Lafayette by a final score of 45-38. So as a result, Appalachian State goes 12-1 and on the season. Just a fantastic year for that team, and it's well-reserved. Um, I believe that are Head coach has made the move to go to Missouri to be their next football head coach. So I wish him the best in his future endeavors for sure. UAB was 9-3. They took on Florida Atlantic, who was also 9-3 in the Conference USA Championship game. Florida Atlantic defeats UAB by a final score of 38-13. The American Athletic Conference Championship game, number 20 Cincinnati, who was 10-2, and number 17, Memphis, who was 11-1. Memphis picks up the victory in this one over Cincinnati by a final score of 27-20. Southeast Conference Championship game, number four, Georgia from the east, 11-1. Versus number two, LSU from the west, 12-0. LSU wins big over Georgia in this one, making a statement as they uh, march towards the college football playoff. They defeat Georgia by a final score of 37-10. Atlantic Conference Championship game, number 23, Virginia, 9-3. From the Coastal, they took on number 3, Clemson, 12-0. From the Atlantic, Clemson defeats UVA by a final score of 62-17. Big Ten Championship game from Indianapolis, number 1, Ohio State, 12-0. 
from the east. Number eight, Wisconsin, 10 and 2 from the west. Ohio State defeats Wisconsin by a final score of 34 to 21. So as a result of those games from Saturday, the college football final four has been set. It'll be number one LSU versus number four Oklahoma in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. And number two, Ohio State versus number three, Clemson, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. The winners of those games will advance to the college football playoff national championship game in New Orleans on Monday, November the 6th. So congratulations to those four teams for making it to the college football playoff and to the college football playoff semifinals. We'll take a look back at the NFL Week 14 now from Thursday night. Dallas 6-6 six six at Chicago 6-6. Six six. Chicago defeats Dallas by a final score of 31-24. Games from Sunday at 1 p.m. Washington 3-9 at Green Bay 9-3. Green Bay picks up the victory in this one 20-15. Carolina 5-7 and, and Atlanta 3-9. Atlanta picks up the victory in this one over Carolina by a final score of 34 to 20. Baltimore was 10 and 2. They were at Buffalo, who is 9 and 3. Baltimore picks up the victory in this one over Buffalo by a final score of 24 to 17. Cincinnati was 1 and 11. They were at Cleveland, who was 5 and 7, entering this past weekend. Cleveland defeats Cincinnati by a final score of 28 to 20. Denver was 4-8. and eight. They were at Houston, who was 8-4. and four. This result seems like it's pretty much down on paper, right? Well, you're wrong on this one. Denver defeats Houston by a final score of 38-17 in shocking fashion, especially since Houston had defeated New England last week. Detroit was 3-8-1. They were at Minnesota, who was at 8-4. Minnesota picks up the victory in this one over Detroit by a final score of 20-7. San Francisco was 10-2. They were at New Orleans, who was also at 10-2 in a matchup of two of the very best teams in the NFC. San Francisco picks up a late uh, last-second field goal from Robbie Gold from 30 yards out to defeat New Orleans 48-46. Miami was 3-9. They were at the New York Jets, who was 4-8. New York Jets pick up a victory in this one also on a last-second field goal. By final score, 22-21. to 21. Now, when you hear Miami scoring 21 points, you'd figure that those would be three touchdowns, correct? Actually, no, it was not the case in this game. Miami would kick seven field goals. Their kicker would be seven of eight on the day on field goal attempts. So, big-time day for him for scoring. It wasn't enough as the team would lose to the Jets, 22-21. to 21. Indianapolis was 6-6. Six six. They were at Tampa, who was at 5-7. Tampa Bay picks up the victory in this one over Indianapolis, 38-35. The LA Chargers were at the Jacksonville Jaguars, both teams entering this day at 4-8. This was a 4.05 p.m. kickoff. The LA Chargers defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars by a final score of 45-17. Kansas City Chiefs, who were 8-4, were at New England at 10-2. This game was at 4.25 p.m. Kansas City picks up the victory in this one over New England, 23-16. This was New England's first home loss in their last 21 regular season home games and playoff home games as well, if you include that into the streak. 
Um, this was their first home loss, I believe, since the 2016 season. So, congratulations to Kansas City picking up a big victory over New England on the road yesterday. Tennessee was 7-5. They took on Oakland, who was 6-6. Six six. Tennessee picks up the victory in this one over the Oakland Raiders by a final score of 38-21. The last 4-25 p.m. game was Pittsburgh, 7-5, and, and they were at Arizona, who was 3-8-1. Pittsburgh defeats Arizona by a final score of 20-10. And on Sunday Night Football last night, last night it was Seattle, who was 10-2, at the L.A. Rams, who were 7-5. Uh, the LA Rams pick up the victory in this one over Seattle. The last score I had on it was 28 to 12, so I would assume LA picked up the victory in this one by a final score of 31 to 20. As you look back at the NFL Week 14 action from Thursday and Sunday, on Monday Night Football tonight, it'll be the New York Giants who are 2 and 10 at the Philadelphia Eagles who are at 5 and 7. Uh, Philadelphia looking to stay alive in the NFC East race. Try to catch up to Dallas, who's six and seven, and that game will begin at eight fifteen p.m. on Monday Night Football. Eli Manning will be starting for the New York Giants due to an injury for uh, Daniel Jones. I believe is a neck injury, so he will be not able to play in this one. And Eli Manning will get the start with Saquon Barkley and uh, many others in that game as well, looking to make an impact to keep the Giants from spooling to uh, help the Giants spool Philadelphia Eagles playoff plans. So there's your quick preview of Monday Night Football. Looking forward to that game tonight. Um, hoping for a Philadelphia victory to kind of keep the NFC East competitive. Um, I believe the winner of that division will go 8-8. Eight and eight. I don't see them doing any better than that at this point. So It'll be interesting to see how it will all unfold here after tonight and then going into the final three weeks of the season. Looking ahead to this upcoming weekend, we'll have six state championship games. The 1A state championship game will be between number one Galax, who's 12-1, and, and number one Riverheads, who enters the game at 14-0. and 0. This game will be at noon at Salem City Stadium. 2A state championship game, Appomattox. Number one Appomattox, 12-2, versus number one Stewart's Draft, who's 12-1. This game will start at 4 p.m. This game also at Salem City Stadium. Region 3 state championship game, number one Hopewell against number one Seed Lord Botetop. Both teams entering the game undefeated. That game will be at noon at Liberty University. Region 4, number two seed Dulles Tuscarora. 12-1 versus number one, Lake Taylor, 11-2. That game will be at 4 p.m. also at Liberty University. Number uh, Region 5A, it'll be number two seed, Maury, at 13-0 versus number one, Stonebridge, who's 11-1. That game will be at noon at UVA. And Region 6, it'll be number one seed, Oscar Smith, 12-1 versus number uh, one seed, South County. Who's 13-0? That game will be at 4 p.m. also at UVA. So, big-time weekend as the Virginia high school football season will come to a close this weekend with all six state championships on the line. Hard to believe we're already here, ladies and gentlemen. It feels like just yesterday I was coming to you on this podcast to 
talking about the opening week of high school football action in Southwest Virginia and prepared for a full season. Now that season's over. Um, just goes by faster and faster each year that I do it. And, you know, I love what I do. It's a blessing to be able to cover all these games, keep an eye on them, not only for the fans, but for myself as well. It's very cool to see what takes place over a high school football season and how teams adjust on the fly to results that have took place um, not only in their previous week's games, but what's taking place currently and on into the future and what's going to take place there. So um, a lot of football coaches and a lot of football players will have this mentality, just take it one game at a time. I know a lot of people like to look ahead, but I'm always very grateful for football coaches and for football players that do take it one game at a time because that's the best way to handle anything in life. I've, I've learned that throughout my years um, being a student at Mountain Empire Community College and then up here at UVA Wise and now working and volunteering in the sports information office. You have to learn how to have patience. And uh, when you take things one day at a time, it's a whole lot better. And uh, that's the best advice I can give anybody. Take it slow, take it one task at a time, and just do what your body is telling you to do. If your body is telling you to get some rest and just hang out and chill, it's what you need to do. If it's telling you to study for this one class that's very important, then study for that one class. Try always trust your gut. Don't go against what your gut is saying, because if you do, it's going to come back to bite you a whole lot more than what it would hurt you or help you. So... There's your preview of the VHSL State Football Championship Games coming up this weekend from Salem, Lynchburg, and uh, Charlottesville. The Army-Navy game will be taking place this weekend. It's always the standalone game in college football throughout the regular season. and It's by far the best rivalry in all college football. And you could say really across all sports for that matter. But it, it means the most in football. Army's at five and seven. Navy's at nine and two. This game will be taking place from Lincoln Financial Field. Game time will be at three p.m. this upcoming Saturday afternoon. And uh, let me just tell you a little tale about the Army Navy game and what it means to me. Um, my grandfather served in the U.S. Army from 1948 to 1952. Uh, he, no, he did not serve in, in, in Korea. He didn't serve, serve in the Korean War. But he did serve in uh, peacetime war efforts helping to clean up Europe and uh, get that country back in order after the war would take place. And, you know, when... Push comes to shove at the end of the day. When I was younger, I would root for Navy. But more so here over the last few years and knowing that my grandfather is is getting older, nearing ninety now and not knowing how much more time I'll have with him. Um been really rooting for Army a lot here lately. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm blessed 
have a grandfather who has taught me the morals, who has taught me the way to be a gentleman and the way to conduct yourself. I love my pap about more than anything in this world with the exception of my mother and my stepfather, obviously. Um, Pat means that much to me. And I live my life every day to get him to be proud. And I hope I have made him proud. So, Pat, for you, I'll say, I'll say this. Go Army. Beat Navy. The opponent in this game will be the Navy Midshipmen. Nine and two in uh, the American Athletic Conference, just coming up one game short from reaching their conference championship game. And as I mentioned in my early years, I rooted for Navy. And that's because of my great uncle Leonard Sowards. Um, Leonard was a Navy man. And, you know, he, for a man of that, so humble. He could teach you about anything. And I learned a lot about life from him and a lot about baseball. He was a big baseball fan. He, he loved the New York Yankees. That was his team. Forever and always, it will be his team. And uh, the big reason why that my grandmother roots for him and several other in my family root for him. Um, but uh, I remember right before he passed away, we were sitting in my grandmother's living room and um, this was just a couple months before his passing. It was in December, of course. It was around Christmas time. And, um, we just got to talking. And I'll cherish this conversation for the rest of my life. He, he asked me, he said, Tyler, how are uh, things going with baseball? I said, well, they're going pretty good. And he, he just just started talking about baseball and the Yankees and what all had took place in his life and what it meant to him. And, you know, I, I get choked up when I talk about it because I knew that was the last conversation I'd have with him. And I know you're not supposed to get close to family members that are farther away. But my uncle Leonard was somebody that was so special to all of us. And uh, him and probably my great aunt Minnie had probably two of the biggest impacts on not only my life, but on my mother's life. And uh, I just...
I think the reason why I'm working in the sports field now and doing what I love is because of my great-uncle Leonard's influence and my grandfather Pep's influence. Grandfather Clarence has meant a lot to me and over the years, and he knows. He knows because I've, I've gotten really close with him. And I can't thank God enough for that. You know what? I love this football game. Army-Navy means the world to me. And to me, it'll forever be the best rivalry in all of college football. Period. Point blank. It means the most. And it will forever justify itself and single itself out from any other game. So that's that's why I love the Army-Navy rivalry so much. It's because of my grandfather Clarence on the Army side and my great-uncle Leonard from the Navy side of it. Like I said, throw record books out the window in this game. They do not matter. The better team will win on that day. It doesn't matter what the record is. So, we'll see how it goes. My great Uncle Leonard would say, go Navy, beat Army. So, I'll throw that in there, there too. But, as I've said, throughout probably the last four or five years, I've, I've switched my allegiances back to, Navy, or to Army because of Pat. So... And we'll be rooting for him in this game. And we'll see how it unfolds. But I'll tell you who the winner is in all of this. It's not the fans. It's not the referees. It's not the announcers. It's not the prognosticators who make picks on the air. The winner of this football game are those football players because they're going to go serve our country. They defend our right to do what we love. They defend and protect us with the U.S. Constitution and for the U.S. Constitution. And that, above anything else, makes Army-Navy the very best football game that's going to be taking place throughout the season. So... There's you some backstory on Army Navy. Looking ahead to the NFL Week 15 schedule. Coming up on Thursday night, it'll be the New York Jets, who are 5-8, and eight, at Baltimore, who are 11-2. 8.20 p.m. kickoff for that game. Sunday, December 15th, Chicago 7-6 at Green Bay, 10-3, and, and the annual rivalry between two of the oldest teams in the NFL. Philadelphia, who's currently at five and seven, will be at Washington, who's three and ten. Seattle, ten and three at Carolina, five and eight. New England, ten and three at Cincinnati, one and twelve. Tampa Bay, six and seven at Detroit, three nine and one. Denver, five and eight at Kansas City, nine and four. Miami, three and ten at the New York Giants, who are currently at two and ten, entering tonight's game. Houston eight and five at Tennessee eight and five. Four oh five PM kickoffs for these games. Cleveland six and seven at Arizona three nine and one. 
Jacksonville four and nine at Oakland six and seven. Minnesota nine and four at the LA Chargers, who's five and eight. Two four twenty five PM kickoffs this upcoming weekend. LA Rams eight and five at Dallas, who are six and seven. Atlanta Falcons four and nine at San Francisco, who's eleven and two. Sunday night football this week pits two of the wild card teams against each other. Buffalo Bills nine and four at the Pittsburgh Steelers eight and five eight twenty p.m. kickoff for that game. Then on Monday night football next week it'll be Indianapolis six and seven at New Orleans ten and three eight fifteen p.m. kickoff for that one. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and end the podcast here. I want to thank y'all so much for joining me today and bearing with me with my emotions going through the Army Navy segment. Um, you know. When you love your family and you get to talk about something that's special as a, as a football game, what impact they've had on your life, it's very special for you. And I'm very thankful for that. And I want to wish all of those men on the field that are going to be playing Saturday the very best in their futures. Stay safe. And you know that we love you all so much for your sacrifices and we wouldn't be the people that we are without you. So thank you, Army Navy, for letting us enjoy what is most important about life and what is most important about what football brings to us as well. Because it's a great game, but it means nothing without the people that are playing and without those men that are on the field that day. So I want to thank you all so much for joining me today. If you all don't mind... Check this podcast out. I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I'm on Pocket Cast. I'm here on Anchor. And uh, you can listen to the live link of this podcast. I'll be seeing it out here um, in the next few minutes on both my Facebook and Twitter accounts. And like I said, share it with your friends. Let them know that... AET's talking about the uh, local high school football games, or hey, he's talking about the conference championship weekend or NFL uh, action and what's going on there. And you know, he's previewing the VHSL state championship games, talking about Army Navy with his emotions and what it means to him, and then the NFL Week 15 schedule as well. So, a lot to offer on this podcast today, and I was glad I'm able to bring it to you on this Monday. On the next edition of the ET Considers Everything podcast, we'll go through the college football bowl schedule. I'll be having that wrote down here probably within the next week or so. Probably do it, I'd say, this upcoming weekend. That way I'll have them wrote down and ready for next Monday. And uh, write down the NFL Week 16 schedule and we'll go over it. And then we'll uh, recap the Tables, Ladders, and Chairs pay-per-view that's going to be taking place for WWE this weekend. And much, much more. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I love you all. And I hope you all have a wonderful day. I'll catch you all next time. For E.T. Eric Tyler Mullins, this has been E.T. Considers Everything. Have a great day, everybody.